0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Nickly and Morada mornings.
1: Well, you can't take much from a game like that. The, you can say some things that fall under the category of coach speak. Um, we just got we got beat in every area of the game tonight. Um, there were some missed shots. I thought that deflated us um, a bit. But they, they took it to us. I mean, it's just as simple as that. We just felt like they had way more purpose in their physicality than we did. I thought that bothered us a bit. Um, but as far as taking anything away from the game, like there there wasn't much to take from that. It's
2: Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, as we kick off the second half of the show here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Thursday, timbering in for Bick today. It's an interesting quote from Monty Williams. I took a lot out of that quote. I took a lot out of that game. uh, And I agree. If if that is just an outlier, that game last night against Boston, a total beatdown. He's right. They got outworked, outperformed in every aspect of the game. If it's just once, yeah, you you move on. This is a two-game stretch. And we have not seen the Phoenix Suns operate in a two-game stretch in the regular season (laughs) like this in a very, very long time. So I don't know if this is just the one-game outlier when you couple it with the Dallas loss, when you mix in a home loss to a bad and young Houston Rockets team uh, the last time they were on their home floor. I think there's something going on with this team right now. Um, and it kind of makes you wonder, and you, you, you hit on this earlier, you asked a question, this is the type of stretch, and potentially could be extended with a with a tough road trip coming up, Tim, that makes you change your mind about the makeup of your team. Now, the Suns are still sitting on the Jay Crowder situation. We are one week away from a lot of players gaining eligibility to be traded. December 15th is that date, and you'll get another wave of players become available on, on January 15th. James Jones has been steadfast in his patience and not making a move just to make a move. He wants it to be the right piece, but now this might change the thinking a little bit because that was an embarrassing loss to a very good basketball team taking nothing away from the Celtics. That's one of the best games I've seen a team play in a really long time. They were dialed in, and they were relentless for most of those 48 minutes. But what does it do to the Suns' mindset
0: right now? If if you wanted to look at the Mavericks game and say, okay, that was an outlier, the Suns were down two starters and a couple of bench pieces, and it was just not their night and whatnot, and it was on the road, and yada, 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 yada. Okay, last night was a a, a marquee, quote-unquote, heavyweight matchup, on national television best in the east best in the west and the suns were completely outplayed i mean they were outclassed that wasn't just a game where you know the ball didn't go in the basket or the suns had a bad night and yeah i know cam johnson wasn't there but that was that was an eye opening defeat that was a telling defeat in my eyes Biddy. and that is a kind of that's the kind of game where you look and say are are we good enough to win an NBA championship. It's a long season. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. The Suns will get better, and they certainly can play better. But that's the kind of loss where you step back and say, okay, what do we have here? Mm -hmm. Because on a night where you should have been at your best, you were at your worst. And the Celtics had a lot to do with that. They came in, they pushed the Suns around. They were body-checking them, hand-checking them, pushing them, shoving them. There was a degree of physicality to their play that the Suns could not or would not match. That was an old-school Eastern Conference brand of basketball. And the Suns were knocked down and put in their place. And it makes me wonder if the Suns were maybe suffering from a bit of schedule muscles, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, we're, we're the top team in the West. Well, okay, who who who, who, have you, who have you beaten here? Well, guess what? You're not the top team in the West anymore, and you're not. And you're, guess what? You're, you're facing the top. And team guess in the West where you're tomorrow. going Friday night? Yeah. And guess where you're going Sunday? Is, is this? Are we? Are we going to wake up? Are we going wake up on Monday in the midst of a four-game losing streak?
2: Well, we talked about the logjam and the standings too. Um, you really want to plummet? you lose four straight you, you'll you'll see the definition of a plummet that's just the way the the conference is set up right now. Chris Paul returned from an injury last night Had missed 14 games he started. Uh wasn't really a factor that's not on Chris Paul. It was a it was a team-wide failure last night, but, but CP3 um, had something interesting to say about the opposition last night, the Celtics.
1: You know, you gotta give them their credit. They played play well. You know, it's funny, they looked a lot like we did last night. You know what I mean? Coming off a of finals loss, they look like a well oiled machine. I watched them play a lot too. You know, they got a
3: lot of confidence. You see, they got a lot of trust. So, uh, you know, we gotta keep building.
2: It is a, a, an apt comparison. Both teams went to the finals. The Suns, after they lost in the finals in six games, they came out, uh, started slow, but then went on an 18-game winning streak. You know what the Suns' record was after 26 games last year, Tim? It was 21-5. and The Boston Celtics went to the finals last year, lost. Um, they didn't reel off 18 in a row, but they're 17-2 and in their last 19 games. Their record after 26 games, 21-5. and uh, at this time last year, we were talking about wow, the Suns look amazing. They're just they're just lighting teams up. They looked unbeatable in a stretch. So I think that comparison uh, for Chris Paul is a pretty good one. But what does it mean for the Suns right now? They gotta tap into some of what they had a year ago on the calendar because they look like a flat team
0: right now, and it's it's discouraging to see. Devin Booker can't do it alone, and you saw at the end of the first quarter. Let's Booker had a tough first quarter. There's no question about it. And, and back back to back problems for Book in in the first quarter. But they were they were they were rough with him. The Celtics were they were they were physical with him. He had a mm-hmm. tough time finishing when he got to the basket. But he's got to have some help, man. He cannot be left on an island. Now, he can be Superman and overcome it some nights, of course. Mm-hmm. But he I was so disappointed in the effort and the production they got out of Bridges and Aiton last night. I didn't have high expectations for Chris Paul offensively. No, Can't expect Chris Paul to go out there and score 12 points in the first quarter. That's not fair. But what Aiton and Bridges were doing, I mean, Aiton was just br- bricking shots. He had the ball just taken from him two times. Bridges was two for 11 in the first half. Over for five from three. And when the bench came in midway through the first quarter, I mean with five minutes to go in the first quarter, the Suns actually led that game 16-13 thirteen. Uh-huh. And from that point it was it was over. For the next ten minutes of basketball time, Vinny, only two Suns scored baskets. Devin Booker scored a couple and Joshua Kogey scored a couple. Yeah. And by the time it was all said and done, with about seven minutes to go in the half, they were down by Fourteen points. And what
2: was I found disappointing too? Being in the arena last night was not the Suns fans that attended, and the Suns fan base has been lauded and, and rightfully so. I'm not blaming the Suns fans that were there who left early because it was a late start and it was an ugly game that you just want to get out of your system. What I was disappointed in was the number of Boston Celtics fans there we know and and, and Boston fans you brought this point up in our pregame uh, our pre-show meeting and that is the Celtics were here the Bruins are here on Friday the Patriots are here on Monday if you want to get out of Beantown Phoenix was a great place to go and watch your sports teams on the road so maybe it was exacerbated by that but oh, there was sure. way too many Celtics fans in that I'm building sure last any,
0: night. any savvy New Englander? who was smart enough to look at these schedules for their three teams Mm -hmm. and said, whoa, 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 look at this. Celtics on Wednesday, Bruins on Friday, Patriots on Monday. Mm -hmm. Kids were going to Phoenix. It's freezing cold here. But there was a lot, and they
2: were loud. It was, uh, it was, it was kind of. Oh, uh, you know
0: what? Good for them. Yeah. They
2: deserved it. Coming Own it. Coming up next, we'll get uh, more on the Celtics. Our old friend Eddie House, Celtics analyst, called the game last night. He's going to join us to talk some NBA basketball straight ahead. Spickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios with Tim Ring in for Bick here on Arizona Sports, the
0: local sports leader. The local sports leader. Bickley and Marada Mornings. Yeah,
2: the Phoenix Suns, there's no other way to say it, they got smacked around on their home floor last night in front of a national television audience by the Boston Celtics who were very impressive and here to talk about the game and the opposition, our old friend, former Phoenix Sun, but an NBA champion with the Boston Celtics in 2008, now a Celtics broadcaster, the one and only Eddie House joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. E House, how are you, man? I'm good. Good morning, uh, man. You want to talk about a clinic last night? The guys in the uh, in the white and green uniforms put one on last night. Twenty-one and five. Um, I, I let's just start there. The the dominance was that the best game the Celtics have played this year. Um, I, I think
3: from start to finish, but I I I think. The thing about it is that they've been getting better defensively. So I'll say, like, a whole game put together where they, they defended well. They did they took care of the basketball. They shared the ball, and they shot. And, and Jake Tatum and Jalen Brown didn't shoot great. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have one of their great sh- shooting nights. But I would say all in all, yeah, I think everybody was clicking on all cylinders last night.
0: Hey, Eddie, one of the things that really impressed me was the physicality in which they played on both ends of the court. I mean, you can be physical on offense, too. And I thought the Celtics really pushed the Suns around, for for lack of a better way to put it. Do the Celtics always play like that, or was that a game plan specifically designed to bully the the Western Conference Pretty Boy Basketball Suns? Uh, because that was impressive. I mean, know Suns fans were hoping for some more whistles, uh, but the Celtics came in and pushed the Suns around pretty good last night.
3: Well, I think it started off from the first play of the game. Um, yes. <laughs> I believe it was, was Torrey Craig, and he got physical with one of our guys. And coming back, Grant Williams went right to the lane and got physical. I really think they made a conscious effort to play with more pace, though. I feel like the Celtics believe that they have better athletes. They have um, they have better athletes um, at, at most positions. And they just felt like they can outplay them with pace. And I think that was the conscious effort that they made, was to play with pace, to play fast and get up the court and it was no drop-off when the second unit came in. Actually, when the second unit came in, seemed like the pace went up even more. And, I mean, they were getting into their first action with 18, 17 seconds on the clock. And sometimes just catching the rebound, one pass and then right to the basket, either getting a layup or drawing a foul. And I just think that they made an effort, a mental effort to say, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to attack the paint, and we're going to play with pace. And when they do that and they have spacing offensively, I mean, it's a beautiful
2: thing to watch. Yeah, Eddie House, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. The Celtics and the Suns were two teams, as you well know, Eddie, going into this season. There were questions because there was a lot of you know off the court stuff that was involving both franchises. Of course, the Robert Sarver situation, uh, the DeAndre Ayton situation, the Jay Crowder situation with the Suns, but most of it with Ime Odoka, the uh, the head coach of the Celtics, and you know, right before the season started, there was all that strife. Joe Mazzulla comes. in in and has hit the ground running. What's different about the way Joe Mazula has coached the the Celtics? Or has he just kind of taken the baton from, from Ime and, and continued that?
3: Yeah, I think that's more of it right there. I think The guys trust Joe, number one, and Joe trusts the guys. So when you have that relationship with and he has an open-door policy. When you feel comfortable with your coach and you understand your minutes, your role, when you are going to play, when you're not going to play, when everything's transparent in that light, I think guys come and play hard for you, and that's the one thing they do. They play hard for Joe. And for Joe, all he had to do was come in and don't get in the way. Uh This was a well-oiled machine, and it was on autopilot, and – Credit to the players, because after the finals, everybody got better. Jason Tatum got better. Jalen Brown got better. Uh, Marcus Smart got better. Al Horford got better. Um, and, and by the way, let's not forget, Robert came back. And when Robert Williams come back, uh-huh. you think that we play defense now. It's, it's going to change everything. He put so much pressure on the rim with that pick and roll. And diving down the middle of the lane, able to catch lobs, and then on the defensive side he had 2.2 blocks last year led the league in offensive rebounds it's just going to be a total different team once he comes um, guys will be able to be even more aggressive on the perimeter, knowing that you have that shot blocker in the back that can erase a mistake on the perimeter for you so, yeah, just everybody got better man, uh, and, and Joe Mazzula included, you know, I think that You go to the finals and lose it. You get so close. You're up 2-1. In game four, have an opportunity to go up 3-1 and put a stranglehold on it and you let it slip away with turnovers. Guys have been taking care of the basketball. Um, So I've just seen growth in that team within the year. And it's funny because how how great Jason Tatum and how great Jalen Brown are. You look up, these guys are 26 years old and 24 years old. And it's just like, it's mind boggling that these guys, you can see this level of play for seven years. Very similar to the book. You're going to see the same level of play for a good seven, eight years.
0: Yeah, it's too bad the Celtics didn't take Josh Jackson. Uh, Eddie, really, uh, <laughs> Ma- uh, Mal- Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, the addition of, of, of Brogdon. Eddie, can you, uh, can you quantify what it's meant for uh, this Celtics roster as a whole? And then really big picture, could the addition of Brogdon be the difference between not just making the finals, but winning an NBA championship? Because from where I sit, that's been one hell of a pickup.
3: Hello? I think I lost you, uh, guys. Oh, yeah. Okay, you back. Can you hear us now, Eddie? If you got, me back, back, if you got back. me
0: back, Eddie, I was talking about the addition of Brogdon.
3: Yeah, I think a huge, huge addition for for the Celtics. Last year's ball security is the thing that bit them in the finals. And this is a guy who has been a perennial starter, right? Now he's a guy that's on the bench. He's a student of the game, number one. So when you have a student of a game, a guy who's been playing against number ones his whole career, now he comes in off the bench, accepts that role. But the thing is, he is able to watch how the game is unfolding, knows how to pick his spots, and he's always under control. It's like he's never sped up, but he plays fast. He he always makes, it seems he makes the right decision nine out of ten times. Last night he got caught in the air, but there was nobody in the corner. It's supposed to be baseline drive, baseline drift. If he had somebody in the corner, he would have had an outlet. He ended up turning the ball over. But those things like that, I don't look at that was on uh, um, on Rogan. That was on whoever was supposed to be in the corner, and I believe it was Jalen Brown. But he's just a, a, a crafty, veteran player that knows how to play. And when you have that mixed in with the abilities and the talent that he has, I mean. I think it was the the pickup of the off season,
2: especially for the Celtics. Yep, Eddie. Uh, always good to catch up with you, man. Uh, and you got a heck of a team to watch on a nightly basis there in Boston. Thanks so much. Hopefully, we can chat again soon.
3: Right on, man. Thanks for having me. All Take right. care. Thanks.
2: up, Eddie House. Uh, Celtics analyst last night. Ran into him at the game last night, kind enough to uh, spend some time with us this morning here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, there's still a lot of noise about Kyler Murray moving forward into these final five weeks of the season for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler
0: Murray!
2: How's the quarterback dealing with that noise? We'll get into that and more Cardinals talk next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. Tim Ring in for Bick here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Spotlight is something he, he's used to since a young age. I mean, he was uh, kind of a phenom, baseball, football, basketball, you name it, growing up. It was always on him. And so he, he's um, accustomed to critics and hearing different opinions and things like that. And he, he does a nice job of just focusing on what he can control and um, trying to get better.
1: Uh, no, I mean, I, honestly, I don't really see a lot of it, you know. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it's tough not to see, you know, there's... Everybody's going to tweet what they tweet, um... I guess, you know, it just depends, you know, if you're a social media guy, if you're really on it. If you're not, you know, whether or not you see it or not. But I'm sure every athlete has seen negative, positive stuff about them. Uh, we all have. But, you know, can't let it, you know, you can't let it affect you. Cliff Kingsbury, uh,
2: the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, talking about Kyler Murray being used to the spotlight. Kyler, Mur- uh, Kyler Murray himself talking about uh, not being affected, what people say about you on social media. Obviously, there's all kinds of tie-ins to the Patrick Peterson comment on his podcast, which are still lingering about, which, two was that two weeks ago now? Already? Yeah. Patrick Peterson knows how to create content that's got legs,
0: huh? <laughs> He's a sports radio talk show dream. <laughs> Actually, so is Kyler Murray, let's be honest. He is. Um, the gift that keeps on giving. From a content standpoint, yes.
2: From a confidence in the future standpoint, not Really? The questions that are being asked about Kyler Murray this late into his fourth year as an NFL starter are
0: very loud, and that's kind of concerning. You know, it's interesting when Kyler says when people talk about you, you can't you can't let it bother you, you can't he can't concern yourself with it. It's interesting to me, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you why. At some point maybe Kyler Murray should be concerned with it because when it's this loud and there's not that much, when there's that much smoke, maybe there's a fire. And I say that because not that Kyler Murray should run and look in the mirror because Steve Young said something or Emmanuel Acho said something or Patrick Peterson said something or Larry Fitzgerald said something. But at some point, when you constantly hear all of this stuff and your own team put a clause in the contract about your study habits and there's so much negativity about the way you conduct business, at some point, might you want to look in the mirror and say, Do I need to be better? Am I doing something wrong? Is there a problem with the way I carry myself as a leader and as a quarterback? Might some good come out of this? Some self-scouting, if you will? I mean, is that a possibility? I mean, am I way off here that maybe at some point there is enough outside noise and enough outside criticism that maybe Kyler Murray... When he lays in bed, he looks up at the ceiling and says, Mac, maybe I, maybe maybe some of this stuff is me. Maybe maybe I can be better." I'm not saying, I'm not saying easy. He's a young. He's just a kid. He's not a kid anymore. No, he's not. Next year is going to be his fifth year in the league. A half decade. It's a long time.
2: It's longer than the average NFL career. It is time. Um, Specifically to the Patrick Peterson criticism from the podcast, and then the clarification, which added more criticism from Patrick Peterson about body language and leadership. Take this for what it is. But Kyler Murray said he didn't understand where that was coming from. No,
1: no, no, no. Um, no, I mean, it just, well, I was honestly, I was super shocked, you know, when I seen it because I wasn't, you know, I didn't I didn't even have Twitter on my phone. You know, Keith, Keith actually sent it to me. <laughs> uh, asked you, you know, he asked me what I did to him. I said, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was kind of the gist around. I was confused. I can relate to that. I've got people that say, did you see what so-and-so said about you on Twitter?
2: No. And I'm not sure I want to now, but thanks for alerting me <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, to your question, all of it, not what Emmanuel Acho said, not what, you know, Bart Scott said, not what Patrick Peterson said, but the collection of all of it, the wave of this that's still coming to Kyler Murray, does that make him uh, think a little bit differently about making change? Uh, spe- uh, but he did talk about, you know, specifically Patrick Peterson's criticism on whether or not
1: it hit him hard. <laughs> I, I mean,. <laughs> Me and Pat have had a great relationship. That's what I'm saying. I don't, uh, you know, I, every picture I got with Pat, he's cheesy, ear to ear. I'm cheating. Like, it's not, I mean, I seen him last year. He, you know, I don't, again, I don't know where any of that's coming from, but it is what it is. And did the comments, uh, in a way, make him more focused for this tail end of the season? No, no. The focus is on us, this team, uh, to win. You know, we got to go 1-0. That's the focus. We got five games left. Um, we understand what's at stake, you know, obviously, with the rest of the season. Um, but that's the focus. That's what Patriots are the focus. Yeah, I like that answer.
2: Th- that's not going to make me focus more that the focus should be on winning football games. But look, okay. this, this well, is a, a team that's talked about focus all season long and hasn't really been able to string anything together in terms of continued success. But again, and I,
0: I, I'm not the guy that starts going back into the archives, but is, should Kyler Murray be surprised? I mean... Do you remember the Charlie Casserly comments about Murray in the pre-draft process? Yes. You know, worst interview ever, worst study habits, worst work ethic. I mean, this stuff has been out there for a long time. He's had to have heard it about how others perceive him when it comes to leadership and work ethic. <laughs> you know, to act like oh, I don't know where I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, is it possible to be at this point in your career and still shielded from all
2: that stuff from those around you? I mean from the outside yes but Well they wouldn't in, that would be a problem in and of itself. It would be, but also the you you've mentioned it a couple times today, the internal stuff. Patrick Peterson had those thoughts maybe when he was in the locker room with the Cardinals, how many other guys are thinking it? Who is expressing it? If it is a concern, is it the coaching staff? Is it the front office? Well, oh,
0: I mean, are you I, that think, ob- I think that's happened. But- are you that oblivious, Vinny, that you're walking around with your Beats headphones on and your 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 video game headphones on you your home? And you have no idea what the outside world is saying about you. I, I find that hard to believe. Hard to believe.
4: Can you believe that he hears it and doesn't care? Or that, doesn't agree. I would, with, I would. Or doesn't agree with it so much that it actually doesn't bother him because no. he says these people are crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. I,
0: I would. You, I, you disagree. With, I. I kind of lean towards what Jared's saying. I, I. think he's like, no man, that's not me. No, these guys are all wrong. I'm Kyler Murray. I'm great. Yeah,
2: I, I kind of lean that way too because I. I believe one of the biggest lies told by mankind is I don't care what other people think of me. You don't <laughs> <laughs> I I am starting to think Kyler Murray might be the one guy. All right. Maybe
4: he's the one guy. <laughs> or he has I'll, enough people that tell him.
2: Yeah, that yeah that he's look, great that yes, he's, men are a thing. We get it. it. They've they've existed forever, they will exist forever. The guys that are glomming on to be part of the uh, of the entourage that are just gonna tell you what you want to hear. It happened it's happened forever. But I I don't. I can't say with confidence that this stuff doesn't affect Kyler Murray. Again, he responded to Patrick Peterson for millions of people to see. So you do that, and then you downplay it when you're asked about it. Here's what I will. I hope it bothers
0: him, and I—that's more human. Here's what I will never say: with Kyler Murray wants to win ball games. Absolutely, Kyler, Kyler Murray wants to be great. Kyler Murray wants to be the best quarterback to ever play the game. Now, is he willing to prepare? Like, anybody can say they want to be. You know, your willingness to win is shown by your willingness to prepare. Mm-hmm. And what concerns you is that that clause in the contract was put in there for a reason. Okay, the Cardinals, op- the Cardinals opened. They pulled back the curtain on that one, right? So at some point, Kyler Murray's got to show the willingness to prepare for the willingness to be great and to win. Period. Uh, period. One other teammate, and, uh, one of Kyler's best friends in the world, Marquise Hollywood
2: Brown, he uh, had his response to the Patrick Peterson comments and all the. Outside
1: hate being rained upon Kyler. I don't know this perception uh, people got on Kyler. I mean, I see, I see why people. If you don't know him, I maybe mean, he might come off wrong. But you know, Kyler, one of the most loving people I know, one of the hardest working people I know. So when I see stuff like that, you know, instead of you know going for conversation, I ask him why he, why he's coming in that, and you know, but he didn't know, you know. So it's one of those things. I'm like, you know, why, why they saying that about you? So I just figured it out. Biggest checklist item for the last
2: five weeks, Kyler Murray showing he's got a grasp of this thing from a leadership standpoint and, quite honestly, from a production standpoint. This offense is underachieved. He's the quarterback of the offense. It's not all on him, but he's going to take a brunt of the criticism. That's the way it's got to be. Got to see some sort of uptick to feel good about Kyler Murray moving forward.
0: Is he the first guy in the facility? Is he the last guy to leave? Remember the great article on Carson Palmer, the work that guy put in? Mm Mm-hmm each and every week to get ready for a game? Is he doing that? I don't Again. know. I don't, and I don't know. He might
4: be. Last season when he was an MVP candidate for 10 weeks, there was no talk of this stuff. No, because they or were Or if there was games. talk about it, was, look how he's grown as a leader. It's all going to be about how great he plays on the field these last five games. No, the and then the rest will come.
0: Defensive with. coordinators are getting paid too, Jared, and they, when you start to catch up to things, and you start seeing things on film, and you start, you start putting together a game plan to defense a guy. And... You know, it's a cat and mouse game. They figure this out, and you
4: got to figure out the next thing. Yeah, and the Patriots have so many defensive coordinators that some of them are offensive coordinators. <laughs> so you better watch
0: out.
2: Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, are heading to State Farm Stadium on May 14th with the Strokes. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10, but you can win a pair of tickets now by heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, week 14. Cardinals won't get their taste of it until Monday, but it begins tonight... And we got to make some NFL Survivor Series picks for Week 14. We'll do it straight ahead and preview the week in the NFL. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. Timmering in for Bick on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Bickley and Murata mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I said, Are you ready, are you ready for the Survivor Series? What? What? Who will survive?
2: Week 14 in the NFL is here. Half of our participants in the Survivor Series are not
0: here. Awkward. And I've got nothing to say as I am not a participant in Survivor Series. You can chime in. I don't want to. I want to take a break. (laughs) Full transparency. I got you. Uh,
2: where's gonna, your work ethic, Tim Ring? I'm going to review the box score for the Suns Celtics game. Oh, I'd rather participate in Survivor Series. Uh, Survivor Series is kind of like the Survivor Pools that many of you are participating in or have in the past. Where you pick a team you're most confident in winning, uh, and if you get that pick right, in our case, you don't survive, you get points. Right now, the standings, uh, it has turned into a landslide for Sarah Cazell. After eight weeks, I was running away with it, hitting eight in a row, but I floundered the last couple weeks. Sarah has hit on 10 straight selections. So her streak at 10, she's got 56 points. I'm in uh, second place with 40. Jarrett, you've uh, moved into third place. With a six-game streak at 23 points, and Bicks hit four in a row Red for Hawk. 17 points. Uh three out of the last four weeks, all four of us have hit. We're at the part of the season where it's also uh Yeah, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty yeah. in terms of teams that are available because once you pick a team, they are off the board for the rest of the year. Uh Jarrett, you have the first selection I have the this first week. Selection.
4: I will go second. Sarah's got the third pick, and Bick will go fourth. For there is one. That is so easy and obvious, and none of us can pick it. The Cowboys over the Texans, but... Yeah, because the Cowboys are completely off the board. I am going to go... Ah, it's between two, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it over with quickly. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders tonight over... The Los Angeles Rams and who the hell knows where their quarterback is going to be? Bakes? Is it Bakes? Maybe for a few plays, we'll see. Is it? Uh, it could be. It could be the combo of Bakes, Gudgeley and Beanfield. Oh my goodness! With Brock Meatwhistle as the uh, <laughs> emergency QB, who knows? They, there's uh, the Raiders playing much better lately. They've they have won were, three straight. They were a playoff team last year. Josh McDaniels looks like he's going to keep his job. That's my pick. The Las Vegas Raiders tonight on Thursday Night Football.
2: All right. Uh, So the Raiders, you become the first team all year that has picked the Raiders to win. And with good cause. Well done, yes. Uh, I've got the second pick. I'm going with another game that I think should be handled rather easily, and that is the Seattle Seahawks beating the Carolina
4: Panthers. So I've got Seattle in week 14. Sam Darnold is now the Panthers quarterback for this game? Uh, I believe sure. Congratulations,
2: Sam. (laughs) Good for you. Um, This was a popular... This this showed up on a lot of people's lists. You probably had it on your list, too, but the uh, Seattle Seahawks are off the board. One of three choices that I have. Sarah has the third pick. Uh, She's not here, but she did email me her selections. Her first selection was going to be Vegas. They're off the board. That was going to be my first selection, too. Uh, So Sarah's second on the pecking order. is She's got the Tennessee Titans
4: beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was my third choice. Those were the three most obvious games other than the Cowboys one to me. Although the Titans are kind of flailing. Yeah, well, they've just fired their GM. That might uh, that like might I- improve the morale of the team. I suppose.
2: Um, but they're just a better team than Jacksonville right now. Um, and Bick also forwarded me his p- uh, picks. And wouldn't you know it, he's all the way down to number four on his pecking order. Dan Bickley is picking the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly to beat the New York
4: Giants. All right, so the picks are made. Giants are another team coming down to earth. They it are. It feels like yeah. they, they were never as good as their record. Jarrett's got uh,
2: Vegas. I went with Seattle. Sarah, Tennessee. Tennessee. Vic went with uh, Philadelphia. I think I need th- this. If Sarah hits this week, it might be out of reach. All right, so I'm not. I'm not so good at the mathematics. We're rooting this. I'll, I'll work it out. Uh, it, it could be over, which might be a good thing before the uh, the holidays hit. Um, the week in uh, totality, which will end on Monday night with the uh, Cardinals hosting the New England Patriots. A couple of interesting games. I don't think this is a stellar week for football in in, in the NFL.
4: There's um, no like super duper marquee matchup. The Eagles Giants probably is the best one. Jets and Buffalo is a decent game, kind of
1: off the you radar can jump back a little
4: bit. Tim, if you want,
2: uh, yeah, he's still he's still going over the box, box score. score uh, Minnesota at Detroit. This <laughs> box score doesn't look good. You know, Minnesota uh, Minnesota's a road dog against Detroit. How does that make sense? Detroit playing a little bit better. I don't um, know. If you saw the quotes from Jared Goff. He
0: says he's playing his best football ever look at the Lions and how they've competed, not only this year, but last year, they are a handicapper's dream. They're a handicapper's dream! <laughs> but they not consistently. started off strong this year, then they, they got terrible, and now they're coming around. They it. have been one of the better teams covering the spread over
4: the last season and a half in the NFL. That, they had a, a stretch where they lost to the Patriots 29 nothing, and then to the Cowboys 24-6. Other than that, they've been in every game. But, and they put points up.
2: They do put points up. I'll
4: give them well, that. Well, people are, I mean, we've, we've talked about it earlier that none of us really, even though they have a great record, even though we saw them play the Cardinals, none of us have the Vikings as a real true Super Bowl contender. We might all look
2: stupid. Maybe it's uh, Patrick Peterson, the, the Patrick Peterson bias. We don't want him to
4: do well subconsciously. Who knows? Again, they this have is the time of year, though, when things start to... Get back to normal, like we talked about. The Giants coming back down the earth. We talked about the Bengals; they they were always sort of better than their record, and, and now they're getting hot. So they're getting hot, and they got
2: Cleveland this week
4: in the Battle of Ohio. Deshaun Watson will he be
2: able to put a touchdown Boy, up was on the he board? Horrible. He That's was terrible, but they got they scored three non offensive touchdowns in that game to win. To me, the most fascinating game of the week is uh, one of the late games on Sunday. Forty Nine ers hosting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Brock Purdy against Tom Brady. I would have thought that that would be a marquee quarterback matchup at this point. Oh, you
4: know you're going to see the graphics where it's like the career stats of one versus the other, Uh Uh head-to-head, and like games won and playoff games and all that stuff.
0: And the Buccaneer offense is just awful. It really is. What's going to happen is that 49er defense is going to absolutely destroy Byron Leftwich's offense. Brock Purdy's gonna do is just enough. He's gonna hand the ball to McCaffrey and let Ayuk do some yak stuff. And it's gonna like be like, look seven, at look like at Brock seven. Purdy, look at what, he, what he's doing. That's what they need to do. I know. 17
2: 6, right around there, right? 49ers win.
0: 26 12. Ooh. Oh, 26 four 9.
2: Field is that, four that field Four goals. field goals or two touchdowns and, 20, and two missed
0: extra points or, or two yeah, point conversions?
4: Yeah.
0: A field goal, a touchdown, and a safety. Ah. Ah.
4: And then the last one I think is intriguing is sort of like who's for real in the AFC Dolphins versus Chargers.
2: I think we know the answer to that question. Well, I think, I think you definitely know the but answer. I think that we question. do. You charger hater,
4: you, Jared. We'll see what
2: happens. The Picks Are Made NFL Survivor Series in the books. We hit the 9 o'clock hour next with some social studies, particularly and Murata mornings, with Tim Ring in not just today, but tomorrow as well here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.